Welcome to the Mentors Care Podcast. I'm Summer Backstrom, along with my co-host, Mentors Care founder, Dina Petty, and we love to talk to each other and to the amazing people that make up the Mentors Care family. What is Mentors Care? It's a nonprofit organization that matches adult mentors with students considered at risk of not graduating. The vision of Mentors Care is simple. One volunteer gives one hour, one time a week to mentor one student. It's a proven formula with incredible and life-changing results. The conversations you'll hear are designed to educate and inspire others to join the Mentors Care movement. Now, enough of this standard open, Let's get to the good stuff on this episode of the Mentors Care Podcast. Hi, and welcome back to the podcast. We're so glad you're listening. I'm Summer Backstrom, along with my co-host, founder, and executive director of Mentors Care, the lovely and talented Miss Dina Petty. Dina, we are so fortunate to maintain contact with many of our students, even after they graduate from high school and move on. And today, we've been given the opportunity to interview former Mentors Care student, recipient, and graduate, Deshondra Newton. How excited are you right now, Dina? Well, talking to Deshondra is like talking to an old friend. This is going way back for us, and I'm just, I couldn't be more proud of her. So I brag on her all the time, so it's just natural to bring her back on here. (laughs) Well, I want to bring her into the call, but first, I want to tell you what this young lady has been up to. So Deshondra is a 2011 graduate of Midlothian High School. She's a graduate of the Mentors Care Program. She has since earned her associate's degree in business from Navarro College, a bachelor's in IT from Tarleton State, and she currently holds a master's degree in IT and works at Capital One in IT in application support. Deshondra, welcome to the podcast, and thank you so much for being here. And wow, some credentials you got there, lady. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. And it really, it really for me, it all started with the the program. I've never really had somebody kind of support me as much as as Dina uh, in the program and my mentor. And it was just a blessing just to have them in my life. And you know, I'm always grateful for them. Aw, man, I just, I just love you. You're just an amazing person, and I just, I'm more impressed with you every time I talk with you. But um, I want to kind of go back in time. I can't believe it was 2011 you graduated high school because that seems like yesterday to me that we met. <laughs> I know. I feel like I feel like I'm getting so much older. I just realized like like a few days ago, like I'm almost 30. Like where has the time gone? Well, let me just tell you from my perspective, you're still a mere pup. You're you're a babe. <laughs> Life is just getting started. Looking at her. Uh... Her college rap sheet. She's been in school. That's where the time went. You were you were in college. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to talk about the first time that I met you, and I'll never forget it because you were just so quiet and and honestly, very little eye contact. And it was you and your sister that we had met. Were you like that in high school as well? Um, I, I pretty much was. I kind of just space in my shelf. I had a few friends, but like not too many. It was just really hard for me to kind of open up and just talk to people because I was always just so shy. And I would get like really, really bad anxiety just like having a normal conversation. And people didn't know at school the struggles you were having. In fact, you know, we have criteria or at-risk indicators for students to be in our program. And we go by the state at-risk indicators, which are uh, homeless, uh, behind their peers in grades, 
uh, single parent home, moved a lot, just a lot of different things. But really and truly, you were an amazing student and you never missed school and you were never in trouble. So really, it would have been hard to classify you as at risk, but you really were, weren't you? What was going on in your life? At the time I started, the, uh, right before I started the program, I was really going through a lot with, uh, in my personal life with my mom. I was raised by a single mom. My, my parents divorced around, I was around three or four, um, and I've been raised by my mom. And, you know, my mom was, of course, going through her struggles. She was dealing with, uh, she was in jail at the time. She was in and out of jail, and she couldn't provide a home for me and my sister, and, um, that that was pretty much my struggle every day, day in, day out. But I saw the things my mom and my my, my sister and stuff they were going through, and I, I wanted a different life for myself. I, I kind of used my childhood and what I went through kind of as a motivator to better myself. I remember hearing your story from the counselor that was so concerned about you at the high school, and she did such a great job of, of trying to keep up with you and what was going on. But when I met you, you and your sister were living in an apartment by yourself, going to school full time. And how how at that time were y'all making it? How were y'all paying rent and, and food and clothes and going to school? How are y'all doing that? Well, as far as as soon as we were on uh, government assistance, so we were receiving um, food stamps. And as far as rent, um, my mom was paying the rent for part of the time and then at Towards the end, she stopped paying the rent, and we were eventually uh, kicked out of the apartment. Because I remember that phone call, because we had just met, and you were so quiet, you really didn't look at me much, you know, and I was so concerned about you. But I gave you my phone number, because I really felt like you needed that connection. And I was sitting at a basketball game at the high school, and I remember getting a text from you saying, I can't take this anymore. So I got up and I called you and I said, what is going on? And you had an eviction notice on your door for you and your sister and you didn't have any lights on. And I want to say the water was turned off too, wasn't it? Yes. But what was really amazing, Deshandra, is that I quickly started calling all of my people that I know in the community that could help and we got the lights turned on and we got you know, the water turned on and they were like, oh, we'll do this. We'll do this. You know, we'll do whatever we got to do to get it turned back on until we could figure all that out. Right. So tell me, what were you feeling at that time? Do you recall that moment and what that felt like? I was At that point, I was kind of used to it because I've been going through it, through that kind of situation pretty much all my life. My younger my younger childhood, you know, we were always moving or my mom did pay rent or we didn't have a place to stay. So we stayed here, we stayed there. So I was kind of, at that point, I was kind of just, used to it and then for something I for some reason I don't I can't even explain it myself I just decided to reach out Mm. wow yeah because I could tell that that was hard for you and for somebody that didn't hardly talk at all and really wouldn't even look at me I remember the first time we saw each other again after that you really started opening up and you started telling me things were bad and it was because you realized okay we got to have some help here is that right? Right, right. And then that's kind of, I don't know if it's maybe just a cultural thing or just something that I experienced for myself, but just asking asking for help seemed like a weakness. It made, me, it made me feel weak, and I didn't want to do that. And I felt like if I reached out for help, I would in some way kind of 
be uh, disappointing my mom. And, you know, it just came to the point where I just, I, I just had to make that decision to get help. So you and your sister both got a mentor. And I remember you still, even with your mentor, and I think this is encouraging for people who are mentors or mentor others to realize it takes time to build a relationship of trust because you guys weren't talking much at all, were you? Yeah, that's exactly. It's just, I mean, it is just really hard to really open up and talk about it. It really is. But then I think once you kind of built that relationship and growing up, I never really had that encouragement to, you know, to do well in school or, or go to college. And it really started when I um, met people through the mentors program. That's awesome. I did not know that. Because you were always such a good student. I really felt like you were going to make it no matter what. But it's really cool to hear you say this because I, I really did not know that. But you had such a great attitude, though. Would you mind just kind of talking about the difference in your attitude versus your sister? Because I know it was very different for the two of you, wasn't it? Um, I think the difference is my, my, my sister was really close to my mom. She, you know, would pretty much do anything for my Like, she just didn't feel, like, comfortable talking about it because in some way, mentioned my mom's feelings as a mother, kind of, and, and she didn't feel like doing that because she loved my mom so much. And and, and for me, it was really hard to to, to talk about it and, and to say, okay, my mom can't do this or she's not doing this. We're living in this kind of situation because, you know, I felt the same feeling, too. I didn't want to disappoint my mom or upset my mom because I loved my mom. And... You know, it, it just got really, really bad. Like, we would go days without eating. We we couldn't shower. And then, how, you know, we did feel like going to school because, you know, we had a shower, we had an eating. And it was just like, it was just a big mess. And, you know, I just got to the point where, okay, I, I just need help. And your sister still would not really want to ask for help, did she? I mean, she was very resistant. Yeah, she was. She was. She's pretty stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> Well, don't you feel like your attitude had a lot to do with this? Like you really took the attitude of gratefulness, thankfulness, and taking advantage of the opportunity. Where do you think that came from, Deshandra? How did you get like that? What did what happened in your life, or was there a decision made? I mean, for me, really, I think it was. I see a lot of people, even now, I see a lot of people who don't have, who didn't have the opportunities I have. You know, a lot of people, you know, that's why I try, I try and I try. I never complain because people have it a lot worse than I do. You know, I, and, and that was really how my attitude changed. I just kind of really put it in perspective. Like, I'm given this chance. I want to be successful. And that's really kind of the, the, the uh, changing point where I kind of, like, changed my attitude. Did you ever have times in your apartment that you were afraid? Yeah, I mean, there was, there was the constant fear of, like, where am I going to go? Am I going to live on the street or I'm going to have to live under, under a bridge where like, am I going to have to quit school? What, like a lot of things go through your mind in that point. You know, a lot of people had a hard time believing that in Midlothian, we needed a mentoring program. And this program, Mentors Care, is needed in every community because as long as families struggle and we have families breaking apart and we have drugs and alcoholism you're going to have these struggles. They're going to have kids that are going to be kind of fending for themselves sometimes, right? Right. And I think it's really just important to have this program because a lot of people don't have that kind of support at home. Like, they don't have their, their mother and father together. They don't have that 
oh, yes, you can do it. We expect you to do good in school. We expect you to have good grades. And, and I needed that. I wanted that. And then when I got that, with the program with our mentors, I kind of felt like, wow, like I never had these expectations, these goals. And, and I, I, it encouraged me and motivated me to do better. Um, because I had somebody kind of holding me accountable in a way, and, and it just made me want to do better for myself. Do you find because of your childhood and your past that you look at others differently, that less judgment and more compassion? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I definitely look at people because I have, I mean, I have people in my family members who, who've been in jail, who, who uh, have struggled with addiction, addiction and depression and a lot of things. And and I see them going through what they're going through, and that kind of just had me made me feel compassion for some people who are going through what they're going through. So it definitely kind of just opened my eyes to not just judge somebody by the way they look or they act or talk or anything like that, but just to try to understand what they're going through. I've always seen you as such a kind person, just a gentle, gentle heart. You can just see it all over you. <laughs> I watch how you interact with people. You're just so kind. And um, you're a person that's a friend for life. And I think a, it, a lot of it has to do because of the challenges you've had in your life and overcoming them. If you had to point to one challenge, one challenge in your life that you think was the biggest challenge in your life during that time, what would it be? Do you recall something that stands out? You know, growing up, I, was, I kind of grew up around certain behavior like drug use and just drinking and you know I had family members in and out of jail I had family you know who were killed and and going through a lot and and that kind of just was a was a turning point for me because I didn't want that kind of lifestyle I didn't want to go through that I wanted something different like I had goals I had goals for myself I wanted to I wanted to go to college you know I wanted to to have my own apartment, I wanted to have my own car, I wanted to travel, I wanted to have dogs, like, it's just simple stuff, I, like, simple goals that I set for myself, and it was just amazing just to be able to, to get to those goals and kind of away from that lifestyle I kind of grew up in. Do you think the younger Deshondra would be amazed at all that you've accomplished? Oh, oh, definitely, yeah, because, you know, like I said before, I never even considered going to college. If I didn't go to college, I wouldn't have the career that I have now. And because of the program, I just had somebody, just to have somebody say, oh, you can do this. Somebody not just told me who encouraged me, but like, hey, let's check out the process of, of uh, starting the application to apply at Navarro College. Like, I never had somebody kind of, you know, right next to me as I'm figuring out these steps I want to take to get into college or which college I want to go to or, you know, just that advice. Um, I I don't honestly, I don't know where I would be if I was, if I didn't um, go through the program. Yeah, but you were a big part of this because you grabbed hold of it. And there are a lot of people that make a lot of excuses, even though they have a mentor and they have mentors care standing in front of them and they don't take advantage of it. I mean, I, I just said earlier, if I could figure this out, why some people grab hold of the opportunity and they stay positive, and they stay focused, and they get the job done versus those who just either won't or can't, I would write a book. <laughs> I think it would be a million-person seller, you know, because it's, I mean, you're incredible. This is not normal. This doesn't happen, and it really gives a lot of people a lot of hope. 
you know, for the future, for our society, because watching our society and how families are breaking apart and the kids are raising themselves and they're making a lot of mistakes. If you look at that, you could, could become very cynical. All right. Chandra, academia is definitely one of your many strengths. Can you take our listeners into a day of school for you? And I know it's been a while, but I'm sure you can remember how all the dysfunction at home and the trauma that you were affected by, how did it affect your focus and your readiness for learning? And how did your one-to-one relationship with your mentor back then help stabilize you? My relationship with my mentor was just like, like I said before, kind of just having somebody hold me accountable and give me goals and encouragement really meant a lot to me. I, I can't express that. My mentor was just an amazing lady. She was so sweet. She was an older lady, but she kind of understood what I was going through. And she had her own story. She's just so sweet. And I re- actually, I really wish I could reach out to her. I, I hope she's uh, doing okay. But We can make that happen. <laughs> Oh, great. You know, it's just like I just wanted to make her proud, really, and I really wanted to make Dina proud because she had spent so much time and effort in me, and and I wanted, like, that was really kind of a motivation for me. I just wanted her to be proud of me. And, like, later on, I realized, like, this program really kind of was a stepping stone for me and kind of just led me to where I was, today, like I am today, so... And I want to brag on you right now because when we ask you to do this interview and... uh One of the first things you said was, you know, I'd really like to give back financially. Is there anything anybody needs, any students that have any needs that I can help with? I mean, wow, Deshondra, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) That's huge. Especially during the the times we're going through right now, I've been blessed to just not be as as affected as some some people are. And I know a lot of people are struggling and going through, like, people are losing their jobs. People are losing, like, their hours are being cut back. They're... You know, they can lose their apartments, they can lose their house, their cars, everything. It was, a lot of people are being affected by it. And I see that and I understand that. And, and I'm in a position, thankfully, I'm allowed to, to be able to work from home. I'm still able to work and, you know, and I'm in a position to help. And I really would like to do that, whether it's with money or time. I really love to volunteer and give back to the program. And that's what it's all about, you know. So I, I do want to explain to people right now during this COVID-19 pandemic and all the schools are closed, we are still mentoring. People don't know that, that we are doing it virtually. Uh, so we are emailing or texting our students, the mentors, through the coordinator so we can kind of keep track, making sure that they're still meeting and still connecting. But then one thing we've also done that our coordinators and our staff has done a really good job of is we've been gathering information Uh, of announcements and services available to people in need through the school, the district, the community, and government. And we send out that report every month. And because of that, and because of the relationship with the mentor and the student, we are finding out that they are needing groceries, that uh, actually the social and emotional is a real big issue. And so we've been offering counseling um, services available because it is a very lonely, scary time. And so we've been doing that too. And it's really what it's all about though, isn't it, Deshondra? I mean, about giving back to your community. And first of all, you're aware because you've been through it. Some people who haven't been through hard times maybe aren't that aware. But man, when you've been made aware of what real struggle is, uh, it makes it sweet when you can give back, doesn't it? It does. It makes me feel like so blessed and 
I'm, I, I'm, I'm really excited just to be able to uh, to do this. I, I'm really at the point where I'm done with school and I have more time, so I want to I want to donate my time. I want to do everything I can for this program. Wow. Well, come on. <laughs> I say yes. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. I mean, just let us know because I just know how impactful you are when we have our students who are struggling. And, I, you know, how many times are they looking at us going, you can't possibly understand what I'm going through. You're wasting my time. I'm not even going to talk to you. But when somebody can stand before them and say, look, this is what I went through and look where I am now. That's when they really listen, don't they? Yeah. Well, listen, whatever you need me to do, just just tell me just, and, I, and I'll do it. With our mentoring right now, because it is so different, you know, at school, we kind of capture them, you know, they're there, so we capture them. <laughs> and so they have that scheduled time that they meet. So now we have mentors that are reaching out to students through texting or email. And students are not always the best communicators at that age. And they may or may not respond back to the mentor, and I have been preaching this to my mentors, encouraging them, this is the ultimate test of unconditional love because you may or may not hear back, but it's like the the letter you got from grandmother years and years ago, and you never responded, but you always love getting the letter. Right, and I know it can be a little discouraging for them to not be able to be updated and hear from the, the students, but it, it'll all work out. It just takes some time. It takes some... Um, Really, it's, 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 it's students see, hey, they're contacting me every day. For me, you know, I'm thinking about myself personally, but just having somebody just contact me, even if I don't respond, just like, hey, they're thinking of me, they're, they care they care about me, and they, they want what's best for me, it'll eventually allow them to open up, and, and, they, and hopefully they'll respond. But just don't give up on it. Mentors need to hear that from you. That is very huge message right there. Thank you for that. Deshondra, you're just such a great friend now. I mean, you're catching up with me on age, so I'm glad we can hang out and be friends. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. Yeah. It's going to be hard for me to actually get back up and go to work. And... <laughs> well, I just love you, Deshondra. Thank you so much for this time. You were fantastic and so encouraging. Your story is amazing. And um, I'm looking forward to you being more involved. Come on. Definitely. I'm, I'm really, I really want to give back and, and, and help the program. So, Dina, whatever you need, if it's time or if you need donations, just, just, just send me a text or email and let me know what I can do to help. I sure will. I think there might be another Deshondra out there that, that might need you one day, and we'll keep that in mind. Yes, Deshondra, I have a feeling you're going to be such an asset to our Mentors Care program. We're really beginning to see the turnaround, you know, the when Dina started this movement, you know, in 2009, now we're really starting to see the residual, you know, the turnaround. So now we're getting mentors that were students receiving mentorship, you know, in the program and its beginnings and they're coming or coming back around to pay it back. And I just have a feeling we're going to, we're going to learn a lot from you moving forward. We'll try to keep on keeping in contact with you and we'll get you connected back with your your former mentor, and it would be great to just um, bounce ideas off of you and, and try to have somebody to speak for the students to us, you know. So I hope that we get to stay in touch with you. And I'm super impressed with your story and your internal strength and intellect, your attitude, your demeanor. You're just such a wonderful 
breath of fresh air. And I can't thank you enough for taking time to be with us on the podcast today. Oh, you're welcome. I, I, I would love to do it again. Great, because we look forward to having you back on the show and see what degree you're working on next. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I, I do not want to pay for college anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm done oh, yeah. with paying for it. I'm, just, I'm done with school in general. So. Thank you again for being on the show today. You have a wonderful day, and we look forward to having you back. I will. Thank you so much. Proud of you. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to former Mentors Care student recipient Deshondra Newton who is now using her master's in IT, working for Capital One and application support. Thank you so much, Deshondra, for being on the show today. And folks, thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the Mentors Care podcast with Dina Petty and follow Mentors Care on Facebook and Instagram. We are Care Mentors, Mentors Care on Twitter. To learn more about our mentorship program, please visit www.mentors.care. See you next time.